This is CliffCentral.com. Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Talking Tech with the Techie Guy, Leon Segev on CliffCentral.com. Good morning. This is Talking Tech on CliffCentral.com. My name is Leon Segev and Talking Tech is sponsored by MTN Business. What do we need just about more than anything in today's digital world is protecting your digital data. Well, MTN Business has the solution. Something that can look after your bottom line, grow your top line, and safeguard your data. That's MTN Business Cloud. MTN Business Cloud has been created to build African businesses and is powered by the world's leading cloud solution from Microsoft. Big and small businesses can benefit from this true hybrid cloud solution, leveraging MTN's global network. For more information, email sales at mtnbusiness.co.za or visit mtnbusiness.co.za. That's sales at mtnbusiness.co.za or go directly to the website mtnbusiness.co.za. Welcome to the new world of business. I have a big company with many sites across Africa, each needing a hefty investment in hardware and software. And it's such a waste. So many resources are unused for most of the month. You need MTN Business Cloud powered by Microsoft technology. Our scalable solution enables you to manage your infrastructure, which allows you to buy exactly what you need. With a footprint covering over 23 countries, isn't it time you found out about the cloud solution built to build African businesses? Welcome to the new world of business. Right, and we are back in the studio with me. I've got Daryl Lennington from RT News Africa. Hello, Daryl. Good morning. How are you doing? Fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. Um, sure. Hectic weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, been a busy one. It's been a busy one, but it's been a busy one for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this thing in France is just, just beyond. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's tragic. It really is tragic. And, and I tell you, I mean, everyone's got their different angles and different stories and theories and what's, and, and what's going on. Yeah. But I mean, we can all agree this is just, just beyond insane. It's something that shouldn't be happening. In this day and age, you would think that by now. We but could all live together peacefully. You know, and then I tell you, um, I was actually reading about how these guys are doing the investigation now to try and work on peace, you know, what's going on. Because people are saying, look, obviously this was an intelligent failure. Um, you know, they should have been able to pick this kind of stuff up yeah. and there should have been some chatter. There should have been something. And obviously we don't have access to all the facts and the information. And a lot of things are obviously going on behind the scenes. Um, the one thing that they did manage to see that, um, the Bel- uh, the guys in Belgium yeah. actually found one of the playstations in one of the terrorist kind of, I don't know, safe house for lack of a better word. That's insane. What were they using it for? And this is what they're going out. They're saying the new theory is, or one of their theories is saying, in order for these guys to speak to each other, one of the things, one of the ways that they need to stay off the radar, you know, they can't use cell phones, obviously, because those are easily traceable. Even those burner phones with a SIM card that you just get rid of, there's ways to get, there's ways to understand, you know, you're still building profiles of people. Yeah. What they're now doing is they're using the gaming networks. So, for those who don't know, PlayStation has got the what's it, the PS PS um, Plus, PSP Plus, PlayStation Network Plus, PlayStation Plus, yeah. Um, and is I mean, you know, Xbox has got Xbox Live. I mean, yeah. a lot of the gaming consoles have got their own network. Yeah. And the main aim of that network is so that you can go online, you can download your games, um, and then you can create a party. So you yeah, can you say, can be social. Daryl, you and I, we're going to take on some guys tonight, eight o'clock. Let's log on. You know, we speak to each other via text. We can speak to each other in the game through headphones. Yeah. And like you're commanding like a battle troop or you're going out having a bit of fun, not kind of harmless entertainment. Yeah. What these guys are saying that they probably use that method to actually communicate with each other, which is scary. That that is scary because there there's roughly around about 110 million users on mm. PSN alone, and 65 million of those are active. That's according to Forbes, though. Right. But I mean, how is how how is this being regulated? How who's watching what's going on on these networks? Well, and this is the problem. This is the big problem with this. It's a great question because this is the problem. They, it seems people are not watching it, yeah. or if they are watching, they're not watching close enough. Also, the big problem is that. Um, you know, if you're a terrorist, for lack of a better word, I'm going to use it in the broadest term possible. Yeah. You know, people, um, don't do things in isolation. They have a history. They have a past. They build. So the intelligent agencies build profiles on these people. 
So they'll say, look, you've posted on radical websites. You are, um, you know, you, you've got certain ideologies. You yeah. are preaching. You're tweeting. You're doing certain things. You're on somebody's radar, and then yeah. they can keep tabs on you. The problem with the gaming world is that nobody's going to go onto a gaming site and start preaching things which are which are off topic. Yeah, because the gamers tend to regulate themselves anyway. But also, the things that happen in, in in the game itself, you would have to monitor every single little things. Yeah. What was very interesting is that within the game. Me and you could play the same game. Now, the exactly. point of this is we both go after the bad guys or we both try to complete a mission together. But what we can do is actually ignore the game and send coded messages to each other within the game. Yeah. In other words, if it's a yes or a no, whether the operation is a go or not, I will say to you, shoot two bullets on the top left um, on the traffic light. Yeah. Okay. You would do that. I would get the, the visual cue. Mm. Nobody will know. Not a single word has been spoken. And I know that I need to go ahead with my side, with my yeah. side of things. So there's a lot of kind of non-verbal communication that you can do within this with this kind of environment. Um, taking games like um, Half Life, you know, any other, uh, Second Life. What's that? Which one? Yeah, Second, second Life. Life. Yeah, I call it Half Life because <laughs> people who have it lose half of their lives. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but you know, that kind of game is an entire, basically a virtual world. Yeah, you can is. do anything in that game. Pretty much. Um, so why are these guys not monitoring this? Mm. That's a bit scary. It's something that needs to be regulated because at the end of the day, um, you can't essentially profile a gamer, especially if you look at their, their profile sure. on PSN. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at my profile, you'll see there, there's games like Fallout, Call of Duty, sure. Battlefield. Does that mean you're a violent, you know? I uh, mean, there's Lego as well. <laughs> exactly. there, there, there's a whole bunch of games yeah. on there. Sure. Just Dance, that sort of thing. I mean, how can you specifically tell that I'm... That, that what you're up to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and that's the whole thing is that with with a building a profile on an individual, they're not going to do one thing in isolation. Yeah. So they'll preach, they'll tweet, they'll you know they'll create a podcast, they'll send out a voice clip, they'll mm. retweet other people. So they're using a lot of different media. And together, you build up a profile. Say, hey, watch this guy. Yeah. If you happen to play Call of Duty, um, Fallout, and Dance Dance Revolution, uh, <laughs> I think you know nobody's going to you're the dancing terrorist. Yeah. Nobody's going to accuse you of anything. Um, but I think that's also the issue. But I think from, from on the on the other kind of side of things is we allow these consoles into our homes. Um, those of us who have kids, we give it to our kids. Most parents don't understand how these things work. Kids yeah. know these much better than we do. So we tend to have great safety and barriers for kids using the internet and social media. But a gaming console, because it says the word gaming and console, well, oh, it's fine. It's just games. Yeah, it's automatically fine. At best, people will look at their ratings on the game and they'll say, oh, it's 16, it's not appropriate, mm. um, or 18 is not appropriate. Um, but pretty much once you've done beyond that barrier, parents have no cooking clue what goes on behind the scenes. And, and that's a, and that's a worry. Yeah. Um, something that parents definitely need to be, to be, to be looking out for that. Um, especially in the world where everything is connected to everything else. What is a gaming console? It's got a hard drive. It's got a processor. It's got a graphics card, internet connection. That's a machine. That's a computer. I mean, if you look at how I've used PSN or Xbox Live over the years, I mean, I chat to my, my cousin in Australia. Right, there we go. Via live chat. And it, it's it's essentially a hell of a lot cheaper than a phone call over there. Absolutely. But the thing is, no one's monitoring the conversation. Uh, and I think. From what I know. Uh, well, and again, from, from now taking kind of the, the game, the, you know, PlayStation, Sony side of it, uh, you know, and Microsoft side on the Xbox, they can't have the stuff not secure. Yeah. Remember, PlayStation got hit with that um, serious hack recently. Yeah, the DDoS ch- attack. They yeah. took, the, took out the network. So me as a gamer who registered my credit card with them, I want to make sure they're looking after my interest. Mm. At the same time, I want to make sure that no terrorist is going to use the games to create attacks. Uh, and where do you draw the line? Should the FBI, should the, should these guys be monitoring mm. kind of these kind of conversations? Do we care? See, this, this actually opens up a whole new world for hacking for Sony as well because the hacking group Anonymous mm. – they're, they're pretty much against everything these days. So what I assume may happen, now this is just an assumption from my side, is Anonymous is most probably going to take Sony or Xbox Live down to prevent terrorists from communicating. Well, you, you would think the smart thing for them to do is to say, here where your holes are, plug them, and if you don't, we'll take you down. Yeah. If the, if the retention is right. Yeah, no. I mean, that, that would actually make more sense. Okay, but you know, the problem with these, a lot of these hacking groups is you just don't know which way is up with them anymore. Yeah. And Anonymous isn't one organization that's got a leader and commander and chiefs and all, it's spread all over the world. Yeah, exactly. So some splinter arm of that might just take them down, whether the real Anonymous might say, 
this is ridiculous. Let us help you trace it. Yeah. Who's got the skills? They've got them. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you think about the world spending, um, I saw an article like $10 billion now on cybersecurity. They should be employing every single one of these hackers to say together we can go get them. Exactly. Um, who knows the system better? But why aren't they? That's that. That's the issue. No. They'd, they'd rather grab some of them, lock them up in jail, give them a slap on the wrist and send and them them go. Uh, look, employ them. And off they go. There is a thing saying that a lot of these guys who did get locked up, um, you know, after a couple of months of being so-called locked up, they come to them and say, look, sign this piece of paper. You're employed by the FBI for the next five years and come work on our side. Yeah. So, I don't know. There is hope yet, um, but um, I mean, still, this whole terrorist thing is just beyond words. It's insane. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's happening around the world, and that's, that's the scary bit. I mean, um, you know, Beirut had one, Lebanon, I mean, Israel goes to this on a daily basis. Mm. Uh, it's just happening because some one group wants to sow these kind of, I don't know, signs of, of disaffection with the world and everything must be my way. What? My God's bigger than your God. I mean, yeah, come on. Much. Let's be honest. All right, moving moving swiftly along. But speaking of kind of um, staying safe, um, our topic for today is we're going to tell you how to avoid scams, how to make sure that if you're going to do your holiday shopping online and you want to avoid the jingle bells and a million elves in the shops and the queues and the kids and 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 and, and shopping online definitely is the way, best way to go. We've got Brandon from Regional Channel Sales Manager from Esset who's going to be joining us shortly. Um, you did some research about the online commerce and apparently some e-commerce awards. Yeah, uh, e-commerce awards uh, took place. Um, I'm not entirely sure when. It's it's literally the the 2015 winners were announced for South Africa's okay. e-commerce award. Okay, so it's the Af- South African kind of, so it's yeah. our local e-commerce landscape. Yeah, all the local guys. All right, who won? Who are the big categories? So best shopping process went to yuppiechef.com. They actually look like they've got a smooth running website. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, best e-commerce mobile site went to takealot.com. And then finally, we've got South Africa's favorite e-commerce site, which is takealot.com, with <laughs> runners-up being Safari Now or Biddle Buy. Okay. Yeah, um, but I don't know. Take a, take a Lot's also got a smooth processing. Do you think this whole buying out oh – no, I suppose they've got so much money behind them now with the whole Kalahari deal and exactly. the U.S. investors – um, so they're really kind of pulling up. I mean, they want to mm. be number one. They've made no mistake, no qualms about that. Yeah, I mean, they want to take over this. There. Yeah. They want to be in front. Have, I mean, have you, have you bought stuff for them? Yes. And? Yes, I have. What, what did you find? It, it's pretty quick. Like, um, obviously they do make the, the hiccup of delivering games that have been embargoed a little yeah. early sometimes. <laughs> but I mean, they, they've got so oh, that's much good stuff. to know, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they've got yeah. so much stuff. They've got fashion. They've got books. They've got movies. They've got gaming. Music, computers, TV, audio, video, cameras, everything. pretty much everything that you need. Effectively, it's a bricks and mortar store just online. Yeah. The only thing that they need to start doing is selling flowers. No, oh, do we want them to sell flowers? Well, I like net florists. So uh, there we go. I my think wife my likes uh, net yeah. florists. That's yeah. Right. And there's SA florists as well. There's a whole bunch of them. The mm. um, thing is, the one thing I found in South Africa specifically, we'll do our research to death online. Yeah. We still want to go touch and feel the product in store. Then we might go back and buy it online again, mm. but we still want to touch and feel it. Yeah. Uh, whereas kind of the UK, um, the US, they're very much catalog driven. They understand you go to Argos, you look at a number, you buy it and, and the story gets delivered, yeah. finished. Um, because the return policies is, is quite that. I good. actually found shopping in Argos when I was in the yeah. UK very, very awkward. It's frustrating. <laughs> like you walk in and there's just these monitors there and you're like, where's all the stuff? Where's the stuff? Yeah. Okay. It's all in the back. <laughs> um, but I think also quite cool just on that same story is that, um, you saw PayPal is now offering free refunds or yeah. free returns. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's quite cool. Cause with PayPal, now if you buy anything with PayPal, they're saying that they'll take care of the cost of, um, your returns if, in case you're not happy. So, you know, I, I know about you, but if you buy kind of shoes, normally I'm a size nine, but sometimes nine's too small. You got to buy a 10. Sometimes 10's too big. You know, you kind of. Welcome you, to the story yeah. of my life. Okay. So I mean, there we go. So you don't know which way. And the problem is that prevents me from shopping online because I'm, I know I'm a nine, but yeah. in case what happens in this cut is too small or too big. So by PayPal having this facility, I can have the peace of mind saying it arrives, wrong size, wrong shape, wrong color, whatever reason. They say no questions asked. Send it, send it back. Ship them the um, proof of um, receipt, and they'll refund you into your PayPal account. Very smart. It's very, very okay. cool. And it's being offered in South Africa at the moment, which nice. is quite, um, which is which is quite cool. Yeah, nice, nice, nice one there. All right. So very quickly, um, if you're into 
doing some online shopping and you want to kind of and you want to get yourself ready for the Christmas season, and, Christmas, which is which is which is kind of around around the next corner. Um, be careful. There's lots of scams going around, lots of dodgy sites, lots of fake fishing, Santas, uh, fake, fake elves, fake ho ho ho, everything, right? <laughs> fake ho ho hos. Okay, no, that's a different site. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that you should have been here on Friday, apparently. <laughs> I hear it was rocky. Um, okay, so we've got Brandon who's coming in, regional channel sales manager at Esset, who's going to give us some tips and tricks how to protect ourselves online. Going to make it all happen to us. Tune it after this. Keeping it real. On cliffcentral.com. Right, we're talking online safety and security. We are talking about how to stay safe during this insane Christmas season, especially if you want to do it from the comfortable of your own home, because um, <laughs> rushing up into those stores this time really takes a lot of guts, people. A lot of guts. Okay. Um, I so enjoy Darryl, shopping in the huh? store. You enjoy shopping in the store? Yeah, yeah. During this period? Yeah. Okay, Daryl's drinking water, it, allegedly, it, it's but more, I don't, that doesn't look, <laughs> looks like it. It's more the fact that I, I'm one of those like people who, like from October, I start getting excited for Christmas. There's got to be one, and this is it. Okay. <laughs> yes. okay, so the way it works is October is Halloween. Okay, November. Yes, give, give space to Halloween yeah, as please, well. Yeah, please, seriously. That's my holiday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's Daryl Lillington from RT News Africa. Uh, Daryl, what's your Twitter handle? It's, you can catch me on at Daryl Lennington, so that's D-A-R-R-Y-L-L-I-N-I-N-G-T-O-N, or you can get me on at itnewsafrica.com. Okay, great. So you can join our conversation because a lot, a lot of people have already sent some questions in um, to kind of asking how they can protect themselves and especially their credit card. So to answer these questions, we have got Brandon, who is the regional channel sales manager, Isset. How's it, Brandon? Hey, I'm good and you. Good, good, good. Welcome. Thanks for flying up. Jeez, we had we had got him on a very early flight to get here. That's always good to be That's back great. in Joburg. It's always good to be back in Joburg, <laughs> right? Um, she's you got a big job to do today. There is so many people who are so worried about their credit card, and I think that's one thing that um, is kind of has kept people up at night. And people know that they want to shop online, they mm. understand the convenience of it, but they're just too afraid. So, what does Esed do? Let's start there. Um, well, Esed, we're basically an um, internet security company. So we do um, antivirus and security for your computers and Android phones, um, which basically can protect you from people hacking into your computer, um, sending you spam, as well as getting your credit card credentials while you're doing online banking and online shopping. So in that regard, it can kind of give you a bit more confidence. Yeah, that, that, that safety. Yeah. Now, I mean, you touched on the mobile phone as well. So mm-hmm. this has kind of always been my bugbear is that, there isn't a single computer that I know of, and you wouldn't think of connecting your computer to the internet without having some sort of antivirus, firewall, software to protect you. And yet our mobile phones, which have got so much information on, we just connect without an antivirus. Have you got antivirus on your machine? Yeah. Have you got one on your phone? Yeah. All 12 phones of yours? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call it 12. I'm actually only rocking one at the moment. But sure. yes, everything but has It's antivirus. one of the things that we install by default, yeah. right? I mean, we as techies who understand it, we still install it. A lot of techies who still understand it and still don't install it. If you don't have antivirus software on your machines or your mobile phone, you're opening yourself up to an attack. Okay. Is, that, is, that, Randall, is that what you're finding? Is that people are just understand it intrinsically mm. because of you know historical reasons? You got Your PC needs to be protected. Are you finding that people are not protecting their mobile devices? Well, we're definitely seeing uh, in a local context a, a trend towards more people adopting Great. security for their Android phones, um, particularly because we have a product for that. Um, but I think it's still a bit a uh, lack of awareness regarding the risk that phones pose um, uh, from a security perspective. I mean, you mentioned the fact that there, um, most of us have antivirus on our computers, but we don't have them on our phones. A lot of phones today are more powerful than some of the laptops we had sure. a couple of years ago. Sure. And the scarier thing is that they're always on, always connected, and they always know where our location is if you've got your GPS connected. So it's actually a bigger risk than um, your, your computer. Uh, and the big thing is with mobile, we always tend to leave out the tablet. Mm. Now, your tablet has got just as much functionality as your, mo- as your mobile finder. Yeah, exactly. So that needs to be – that's an extension of yet another device that just needs to be, mm. just needs to be protected. Yeah. Okay, See, so it, it doesn't matter how often you whip out your tablet. I mean, you're still using it for things. I mean, completely. I don't. I use my mobile phone more than I use my tablet. Sure, but the one time you use your tablet on your Wi-Fi, if somebody's in there already, yeah, they're able to use that to piggyback onto 
your entire network. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now we're talking about smart fridges who will know every time you use your milk and you're about to run out. And we're talking about your, you know, your air conditioning being connected. Yeah. The more devices get connected, the more security risk we're opening ourselves up to. Exactly. I mean, there's a really cool um, YouTube video of a bunch of guys in the States that actually managed to hack into a Jeep um, oh, yes. because it's connected to the, the Internet. That um, was scary, that. Yeah. yeah. That was, that, I mean, so just tell us in the video what happens. Well, basically, they hack in remotely. So um, they've done it before where they actually connect physically to the, the Jeep's computer. Um, the unique scenario here was that they connected remotely from a couch at their home. They managed to control the engine so they could turn the engine off while the guy was driving on the highway. They could control the radio, put images of themselves on the LCD display um, at low speeds. They could control the steering um, sure. and also the, the brakes. So it's pretty scary stuff. So, I mean, as much as we want all this connectivity and connect us to everything, and I would love my car to tell me there's a traffic jam, therefore go around it, all that requires connectivity. But at the same token, it's another vector in. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think for, with these particular guys, the purpose of the exercise was to show the companies how vulnerable they are. Exactly. They weren't one of those, you know, we were talking about Anonymous earlier, yeah. which was going to just take out. I mean, if you, if you, once we get to that point where all the cars are connected, if a hacking group is able to get in and they take out every second car on the freeway, there'll be traffic jam for years. Mm. I mean, not, not, not hours, not weeks. For years. I mean, you're not going to be able to remove the stuff mm. off that freeway. Yeah. The amount of, I mean, people will go home. <laughs> Kind of idea. Back to bicycles. Literally just like kill switch all those vehicles and boom. And, and you do it every second one. So mm. Constantine is into each other. The chaos will be ridiculous. And if your tow truck drivers are using connected cars, yeah, you, you, you're drop cooked. those I mean, as well. You're screwed regardless. You're done. Um, so, but these guys particularly are there to show the vulnerability so it can be fixed. Mm. And I think that's kind of the big, um, the, the, the big difference here. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go back to our South African content. Um, we want to shop online. Yeah. Okay. Um, the part I'd never understand, which really blows my mind, someone says, I'll never put my credit card online. And I say, cool, do you order delivery, Mr. Delivery? You go, of course I do, all the time. And well, how do you pay? No, I just tune the guy, give the guy my credit card details over the phone. And, okay, yeah, so let me work this out. <laughs> online, mm. where there's a paper trail and there's a route and there's ways to protect yourself, you're not keen. But giving someone you don't know over the phone your credit card details you're cool with that. Might as well just give them your uh, bank card and PIN and number. number. Same thing. Okay. So let's start with that. Mm. What is the biggest fear that you guys are finding? Is it the fact that people don't want to put their credit card on? Yeah. So generally, there's a hesitation in terms of purchasing online, mm. um, but also in terms of the security of banking online and entering your, your details your to detail. log into online banking. Um, I mean, oh, there's, yes, absolutely. there's been stories in the past where, um, there was a lady in South Africa who had a ABSA bank account or a bond, a couple hundred thousand rand taken That's out right. of it. Yeah. Um, that was a, a variation of, um, SIM card cloning and, um, just getting access of her bank, um, account login details. Um, so there's definitely that and then the risk of purchasing online. Um, so what we've done, for example, in our product is we've put a, a secure browser for for users to log in and bank online, um, and it protects you from key logging because that's also another risk. Okay, so that's great because I've got a, a question from Nicole who's mm-hmm. saying um, the original people when we first had introductions to um, to online banking, it was all about key logging software. Mm-hmm. Um, so those who don't know, it's basically hidden software on the computer logs all your keystrokes. So when you put your username and password, it captures that and then it sends it to somebody off-site so that they've got access to that information. So obviously when I go www.thebank.com and then immediately after that I start typing in my there username, there Ch- it's Chances are yeah. that's your username and password. Okay, cool. Okay, and then these guys get it. Key logging, it's called key logging. So she's basically asking if I want to use my, just my, never mind buying. So Nicole's question is, if I um, not for online shopping, but just accessing my bank, what can I do to protect myself? Yeah, so I would definitely make sure you've got a, a really good antivirus solution. Um, that'll be a first line of defense in terms of protecting you from malware that gets onto your computer. Um, and then use something like a secure browser, which will protect you from, from key loggers. Now, how, how does that do that? Um, essentially, when you go to your bank's website, um, it'll pop up and ask you if you want to open it in a more secure browser. It just has um, additional layers of security that will prevent a key logger from getting your, your keystrokes and actually accessing your your details. Um, you can also decide to open your own online shopping um, websites in that browser so that those login credentials and transaction are actually secured as well. 
Okay, so once I'm in that secure browser, mm. effectively, if somebody does have a key logging software on my machine, will they not be able to see what I'm doing? They won't, no. Okay, does your software protect it effectively from, from, from that? That's correct, yeah. Okay, so that's, that's the first step, is mm. being able to do that. Um, the big thing is, you know, the term phishing. I mean, we'll use a lot of terms, but we'll explain what all of those are. But effectively, phishing, um, the banks have told us a bazillion times that they will never send us an email to reset our PIN. Yeah. Okay. Stop doing that. Okay. Stop clicking uh, on those stop emails. Stop clicking on the dev. You know, the guys send out a millions of these mails because sending out these mails is cheap because um, they're using other people's computers to send it out anyway. And they're just hoping that three or four people around the world will simply click and reset their PIN and they just get that information. So phishing, the term phishing is effectively me trying to persuade you that I am the legitimate website. Please enter your details. As soon as you do that, I effectively capture your details and then say, oops, an error has occurred and redirect you to the official site where you try again and then lo and behold, you log in thinking nothing's wrong. But in the meantime, I have your details. So from a phishing point of view, um, what, how do, what do we do? Because you know, how do we make sure that this stuff's legit? So the first thing you need to do is um, most phishing scams are going to arrive via email. Um, we obviously need to be aware that they could arrive via social channels as well. Um, the first thing I always do is check the, the URL um, that I'm being pointed to um, very carefully because often the, the phishing scams are very, very clever in terms of how they they structure the URL so it can look like your, your banking website. Right. Um, also check the source. Um, so if, if it comes from someone you trusted, then trust, then it's probably more likely to be legitimate, but always still check because the... You know, often it's human psychology. We see something on social and Aunt Gertrude shared it, for example. Right, right, right. We think, okay, it must be trustworthy. Sure. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. Mm. Um, also make sure you've got a, a good A-B solution. Once again, um, that should protect you from, from phishing websites. I've had it before where I've been redirected on my mobile phone even to phishing websites and those get blocked. Um, so that's, you know, an additional layer of security just in case you do happen to click on the, the wrong thing. Okay, so if you've got, because, uh, you know, um, Duncan wants to know about mobile, the mobile side of it. Because mm. effectively, a lot of people get their mail on their mobile phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're busy, you're driving, you shouldn't be reading your, your messages, but you do. Um, and you're not focusing. You then get redirected to these dodgy sites. You put in your pin, thinking nothing, nothing's happened. Or you've answered some security questions. You've, you've done something. Mm. Um, will the software protect you on that, on that front as well? Well, it'll just prevent you from going to that website. It'll recognize that it's a phishing site and okay. block you from going there. Okay, so how do you guys do that? I mean, um, there's got to be bazillions of websites that pop up all the time mm. trying to pretend to be the legitimate banking site, the legitimate email server. How do you know to protect it? Well, there's uh, firstly, there's the databases that have all these various different malwares and websites in them, but um, there's also very clever heuristics that lie inside the product, um, which the dev guys probably... Wouldn't share with us. Okay. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you interrogate these central databases mm. to say, um, you know, this is the website this person's going to. Obviously, it happens in milliseconds. Um, so the, this is the website is going to. Is this right? Um, no, it's already been reported as dodgy. Therefore, don't allow them in. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And, and could I overwrite that, by the way? If I'm determined, let's just say I'm one of those people who said, no, it's, um, HTTP. At hotmail.com forward slash underscore seven must be standard bank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, is there a way for me to, I mean, are you, can I bypass it or are you saying, listen, we're going to help you keep your money in your own pockets? The answer is no. Um, unless I disable it, obviously, and uninstall yeah. the software. Sure. Yeah. So, so you obviously as a user, you can decide to take those risks, but if your, your security software is telling you not to, then it's probably, it's advisable not to. <laughs> okay, right. So if they say do not go here, mm. there's got to be a reason why they're saying do not go here. Exactly. So basically, you do not know better. Okay. The customer's not always right. Customer's king, but not always right, as they say. Yeah. But I mean, okay. as soon as antivirus software starts going off, you should literally step back from your computer and go, What's going no, on? No, I shouldn't be going anywhere mm-hmm. near that. No, but, but I mean, you'll be surprised how many people are determined to yeah. say, no, they're going to cut off my credit card. I must reset my PIN. Or, uh, or, or there's someone in another country who wants to give me a million dollars. Auntie Gertrude died again, and yeah. she, still wants, she still wants to give me that million dollars. 
My uh, Twitter followers are messaging me with links now. No, no, yeah, exactly. It must be legit. But, um, but right, so now on those, I mean, are you, what are some of the scams which are happening at the moment? Um, well, the one that we've seen probably most prevalent and damaging this year is ransomware, um, which is essentially where uh, you get an email from someone. I had it earlier this year where um, the people that did my bond origination sent me an invoice, right. even though I did my bond five years ago, <laughs> <laughs> um, with a, a zip attachment. Um, and obviously, if, if a user opens one of those attachments, um, it uses legitimate Windows commands to firstly – encrypt any files on the computer. So uh, it'll predominantly look for your Excel files and Word documents because ransomware is predominantly targeted for businesses. Um, and then it'll run the malware, which um, most AV solutions will detect. Um, and that'll then give you a, a ransom note saying you need to pay us X amount of money for us to decrypt your, your files. Still hectic. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so, so once again, it, it goes down to user awareness. Um, so, you know, if you're a business, you need to give your users training um, to make sure that they, don't, they know not to open a zip file or an EXE or something that's coming by email. Um, and also for, for consumers to know, don't open just anything that arrives via email. It's not necessarily um, trustworthy. Um, we even saw ransomware at one stage being delivered via um, certain websites, um, via the ads and websites. So, um, yeah, it was quite quite a damaging threat that we've seen this year, and we're still seeing a continuing trend of it. Well, I must tell you, I was at a, okay, and I get this, a security conference, okay, for other security executives. The entire room was filled with people who never wore shoes, never saw the sunlight, long hair, beards, not the hipster kind that's marketing. <laughs> this is basically who, who, who just never got out because all they do is look at security, security, security. Um, and we were just told, do not click on stuff that you don't know. <laughs> so I wanted to test it. As one does, right? Um, so what I did was I created a little website, still in the, in the conference, because it takes seconds to do this stuff, a little ASP website. And all it did was log your username, your IP address, you know, like some basic information that the browser sends you. Um, and what I did was I tweeted a link to say, wow, great presentation, hashtag of the conference, check this out. Okay. Within seconds, the website started getting hits and started getting information just being delivered. From the people at the security conference. So, you know, <laughs> the message is if security people who are trained for this sort of stuff are still clicking on links, what, I mean, what hope does do the rest of us have, you know? <laughs> um, and that's why I think the critical is you've got to have that antivirus, hmm. um, firewall software on the machine because sometimes it just needs to do the work for you. Yeah. It needs to alert you saying, look, I know you know what you're doing. However, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, 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 this sounds, uh, that sounds a little a little bit dodgy. Um, the other stuff that's happening, people want to book travels. Um, you know, you want to use air, um, websites, you go into Gumtree, you see this great apartment in Cape Town, Bantry Bay or Clifton, on the sea for a thousand rand a night, which, by the way, should already be your first clue that something's mm -hmm. not right. Um, and they go and they try book it. Um, and then they arrive, obviously, in Cape Town for the holiday and realize there is no such apartment or the owner's very much living in his own house. <laughs> okay. Um, that happens, that happens a lot. Is there something that we can do from a tech point of view to try and prevent that? Um, because I mean, Gumtree and those kind of mm. sites are very much free tech. Anybody can do anything. Mm. Um, that, so we've actually seen, um, a similar scam to right. that, um, the past weeks where, um, people are going around in Gumtree posting cars for sale right. and then, they say, okay, I can drive a car to you to have a look. Just deposit 400 Rand in my bank account for petrol. petrol. Um, the, the rule of thumb that I use is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Right. Um, so be very, very careful when you're doing stuff like that off Gumtree. It's probably better to use a web, a more reputable website like Airbnb or something like that. Um, cause those kind of scams and as AV product is going to, going to protect you because it's mm. essentially social engineering. It's social engineering. Yeah. Okay. So for, for that term, um, I mean, I know that Darren and I have spoken about this uh, many times with social engineering. Yeah. Um, to do with the fact that the guys are specifically targeting you. And because we share so much information of our lives at the moment on Facebook, on Twitter, um, Pinterest, Instagram, all of those, they very quickly can build a little profile to say, well, this is Daryl. He likes gaming. Um, you know, he, he, <laughs> yeah. um, he writes for this um, publication, IT News Africa. Um, so to send Daryl an email to say, dear sir stroke madam, He's instantly going to delete it. Yeah. Okay. But say, hey, Daryl, loved your latest review of Fallout. 
Can't wait to see your next one. I really think you'll be interested in this. Check this link out. Much more chance that they're going, oh, cool. Yeah, I might, uh, I might look at it, hover over the link uh, to see where it, where it really, really goes. Okay. So at the end of the day, it's literally common sense. Common sense. Mm. But, but it does pass through your first filter of saying, of dear sir stroke madam, yeah. please click the attached link. Instantly, we know to press delete. Okay. <laughs> but this one kind of does plap a little bit to you, a little bit of ego, a little bit of known history. Mm. You go, yes, I did write a Fallout review. Yes, I am. I did do this. Yes, I did do that. Oh, okay. So there must be some credibility to this. So social engineering is very powerful. Yeah. I mean, look at this now. It's, it's, it's marked as 1033 on my email inbox. I've just received an email that says, you have a new fax document. Mm-hmm. Okay. AI don't use facts what's what, what, uh, what's that uh basically it's a new fax document that i've received via email so it says a new fax document for you scanned fax document is attached to this email page is sent who sent it i don't know who that is exactly even what the dpi is on the page and it says thank you for using interfax please open up zip file, zip file. no <laughs> not happening and a fax should be a pdf exactly. not a zip file at at, at, at the best of time <laughs> Um, just a message that has come through on um, Cliff Central on the WeChat ID from Speckle, who says, how can I get my email address of the adult website I've registered for? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, because I keep getting spammed. Oh, okay. So there's actually a legitimate reason to do this. Okay. Well, let's go for that. Um, I feel like there's more bad people on the internet than good. So I suppose the question is, um, if he's somebody is getting spammed from a website, mm. what can they do about it? Um, it depends what email clients you're using. Um, your web-based email clients like Gmail, for example, they'll have their own spam filters. Um, so I've checked my spam filter. I get very similar things. Um, for the website so, you didn't register for, right? Exactly, obviously. yeah. No, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're using an email client like uh, Outlook or um, Thunderbird or something like that, you can, with your security software for your computer, get anti-spam uh, filters for those, right. which will keep all that kind of nasty stuff away from, from your inbox. Yeah, I mean, I use Outlook 2016, but I think it was from the previous versions as well. If you just right-click on them on the address, there's something called Block Sender, yeah. and you can block the person yeah. or yeah. you can block the entire domain. Yeah. Um, just be careful if you're, dropping, if you're blocking an entire domain, basically mm-hmm. means anything after the at sign. So it's at Microsoft.com. If you block anything from there, means you'll never receive a mail from Microsoft.com. Yeah. So it could be good stuff or bad stuff, but you're never gonna, not going to receive. Yeah. So I always say block the sender first. If you're going to get multiple senders from the same domain, then block the domain itself. Um, I think Mac might have this as well. Um, there's a big perception that Macs don't get any viruses at all. Um, is that still the case? Um, well, no. Okay. So we've also seen an increase in malware for Mac. Um, so we have two products for Mac to keep users protected with Cybersecurity and Cybersecurity Pro. Um, but it's because Mac users generally think that they're not susceptible that cyber criminals are like, hey, um, yeah, let's target, target these guys. Sure. Yeah. And they obviously got money because they've bought these nice flashy laptops. Sure. So um, definitely important to have your Mac protected. Even in a business environment, you know, you, you've got to make sure that all your endpoints are protected because that Mac could be an entry point into the, the network. Uh, yeah, also, I think the, the guys go after what's popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen more and more MacBooks and more MacBook Airs and iPads floating mm-hmm. around than ever before. Um, especially the iPhone, the iPhone specifically. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of, um, malware in the actual Apple store that managed to sneak in, mm-hmm. um, which, which Apple has obviously pull, pulled now. So they're going to go after what's popular. Yeah. And Mac is becoming very, very popular. So mm-hmm. even the Mac guys need to be no longer that case of, only Windows got viruses. Mm. You know, it's just it's a free for all now. anybody exactly. anybody and everybody can uh, can can be a target. Um, so now let's kind of talk kind of specifics. If I'm going to a website, I want to book my tickets to go overseas, or I want to buy something from a website. Now we've spoken about take a lot and all of the reputable sites. We're assuming that those are fine. If there's another site that's popped up and says, "Hey, check this out at a great price." And, it's not, and, and they kind of sort of know what they're doing. So they didn't say it's a thousand rand for a 10,000 rand computer, you know, but they kind of get an 899 because for the holiday special. So, okay, mm-hmm. a bit of a saving. What should I look out for to make sure that I'm shopping on the right side? Um, well, obviously there's the, uh, as I mentioned, if it sounds too good to be true, sure. um, don't do it. Um, but in, in cases like that, I, I would say if you're going to shop online, use a, a reputable website. Um, always. You can also go Google online, check if there's any 
um, related complaints or scam reports for that website. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. always a good start. Good tip. Um, yeah, just be very, very careful. Um, okay, but from, from a practical level, I mean, is that whole looking for the lock thing and the HTTPS, is that still applicable? Um, you, you could do that as well, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Just something kind of visual that you hmm. can kind of, kind of instantly see. So a lot of the websites that, are, you know, there are going to be new companies that pop up. Hmm. Um, and they will have now special, especially in times for the holiday. Yep. But I think if you keep, you keep your head about you, and you use something um, like you look, make sure that it is protected. That HTTPS at the beginning of the of the mm. address means it's secure. Um, they might not be reputable, but these are the technology is. Mm. So just to make sure no, no one can have grab your ticket, your, your information um, in between. Yeah. Um, someone just sent out a message who wants to be anonymous. I don't know why. <laughs> Do they? Okay. Really? This is the yet hacking a, group. This is yet another. Uh, <laughs> not, not those anonymous. Um, this is, I'm assuming this is yet another adult-related questions. <laughs> um, basically, is there a way to create a virtual credit card? So um, you, I know of a company called VC Pay. Um, it's a South African company that you can go and you can create yourself a virtual credit card. What these guys did was that um, if you want to shop online and you didn't want to put your real credit card information on mm. um, or you wanted to use something like Uber but you don't have a credit card to pay, yeah. what they do is you go to a shop route, a, any place that's got easy pay, and you go, you go, you create a virtual credit card. It's a proper credit card with the numbers and the whole tweet. You top that credit card out with whatever amount is and you use that as a virtual credit card. Once it comes down to zero, it, it becomes irrelevant. I think yeah. it's quite smart. That's actually a cool. So, yeah. so they've got a nice little app as well called VC Pay that you can just download from your from your Play Store mm. and you can create the virtual cards on the fly. Um, so to answer your question, yes, you can go shop for your porn with sort of anonymity. <laughs> what, what you can also do, um, it's a good idea, is enable payment notifications with your bank because um, yeah. what the guys also do is they actually install malware on the POS systems. So that was happening, I think it was about last year sometime. Um, where they insert a, a fake card into the, the POS right. machine, which uploads malware. And then all through the day, um, everybody else's card details get uploaded. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they come at the end of the day and they download that onto another card and they clone your, your bank card. Um, so if you have bank card notifications on or transaction notifications, at least mm-hmm. you know when someone's doing a balance inquiry on your bank account or when they're trying to purchase something. Okay, so that's so I mean, even our point of sales where we put mm-hmm. in our PIN, which is supposed to be secure, even that can be traced. Yeah. Or kind of schemed, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, pretty much anything can be traced these days. Yeah, so I think that, 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 the catches here is, I mean, I, we've all had it. I mean, I've had my banking details, kind of cl- my card cloned. Um, but the algorithms at the banks are normally very good. Yeah. I mean, these guys make a living by protecting your data and your information and your money. Um, you, they want to make sure they're on top of it. Exactly. Uh, and these guys, sorry, and these guys, they realize what your buying patterns are. Mm. So if you normally shop online at seven o'clock at night, and that's when you normally do your internet banking and your shopping and all of those, that's your pattern. If all of a sudden you start shopping at three o'clock in the afternoon from Puff Adder and you live in Joburg, something's going to come up and saying, <laughs> uh-uh, something's not mm. right here. Yeah. So, so one of the things that I wanted to ask is, say for instance, I've started up a new website. Um, how long does it take the security companies to actually take a look at that site, see whether I'm doing anything wrong? Say for instance, I am deciding to like, pop a bit of malware on my site to get some details from my customers, a few Trojans, that sort of thing. How long does it take security companies to actually identify that? Um, well, uh, as I mentioned, if you've got a very good AV product, it'll have heuristics that'll know, okay, cool, this website or this um, bit of application software is trying to do something really dodgy yeah. and actually protect the client. Okay. Um, so that's that's what we call proactive detection. All right. Yeah. Okay, so, oh, so that's quite key. So then even if new, someone knew, like Daryl, Dodgy.com pops up tomorrow. <laughs> nice name. Uh, might be even available. Wait. <laughs> um, if that pops up tomorrow and you, and your software hasn't yet seen that site, it automatically knows. Uh, it already got its algorithms to say it's asking for too much. It's doing the wrong thing. Something's not right. Let me kind of warn my user. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then over time, I suppose, if more and more people start seeing DarylDodgy.com, it's a catchy name. On E. If more and more people start seeing kind of that, um, you know, that site popping up and becoming dodgier and dodgier and dodgier, um, then the, then the system starts to learn, saying, "No, everybody who goes to the site must be blocked because obviously mm-hmm. Daryl's doing something not right." Yeah. 
So, yeah. so for example, one thing we do with the malware is we actually, uh, the, well, the product puts it into a sandbox environment and actually simulates what the, the malware is trying to do. And then and does, it, does it do it on oh. your computer or does it do it on your, on your, your servers? It, it runs on the computer. Okay. So sandboxing is what? Um, it's basically putting the, the software in a virtual environment um, and trying to simulate what it's going to do to the operating system. And okay. we can tell, for example, okay, it's trying to edit the registry or it's trying okay. to you know, do something that it's not supposed to. But you don't and allow it, it to. You just pretend that it, that it is doing it. Yeah, exactly. To see what's, to see what's going on. Yeah. Um, okay. And then a question for Mark to say, what is the term honeypot? <laughs> I, 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 this sounds dodgy. The, the only reason I let that through because I know what it is. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have blocked that one too. Right? Yes. What's honeypot? Um, so a honeypot, I understand it in the context of a security offering. Um, so it's basically creating something attractive to lure someone in. Uh, so one of the, the the products that we have here in South Africa is a, a product called Canary, and that is essentially a honeypot that you put on your business network. Right. Um, it attracts any potential hackers because it looks like a vulnerability in the network. Okay. And then it's basically a early warning in terms of like, hey, um, someone's trying to get into your network and then you can. So the purpose of that is basically to learn, to yeah, exactly. understand what, what are the new mm-hmm. methods these guys are trying to get into your network. Mm-hmm, yeah. what, are they, what software they've got? Is there something that we know or something new? Mm-hmm. And then once you learn from it, then you can kind of protect yeah. your environment. And from a hacker perspective, a honeypot could be just something that looks really appealing to users right. to lure them in. Like yeah. free PSN codes or something. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, from the sex show on Fridays, I mean, Honey Potter, I think, would have a whole <laughs> new element. DodgyDaryl.com. <laughs> on E. On E. <laughs> there we go. Right. Um, now, briefly, just to wrap up, because now our hour has flown by. Um, security trends, things to look out for in 2016. So we've survived the Christmas season. Mm. We've made sure our credit card wasn't stolen. We've got great antivirus software on our machines. What should we be looking out for? Um, there's going to be your continued 419 scams. Um, they're getting a lot smarter now, so the language is getting a lot better in the scams. Um, so be very, very careful of, of those. Um, so so what's a 419 scam? Um, it's basically what you mentioned earlier where it's um, I've got this money and I need to put it in a bank account temporarily. Will you okay. please help me? That kind of thing. Right. Um, there's also the, the Internet of Things. I mean, we, we spoke about the – the Jeep. There's also the fact that um, baby monitors can be can be hacked. Pretty scary. Um, and you're just um, keeping our children safe online as well. I think uh, one of the things I learned about two weeks ago is that kids are open to so many more vulnerabilities online sure. these days than what yeah. we were when we were kids. Absolutely. And you need to have software on your phones and on your PC that's going to protect your children from all those mm-hmm. dodgy things out there. So that's all coming. Well, it's here now. It's just going to get worse and worse. Yeah. Oh, worse to stand, worse to stand. At, le- at, at least the security software is getting better and better. That's a cat and mouse thing because, mm. I mean, as you as they develop something, there's a protection. As you develop protection and they've got something else, it's yeah. kind of up and down. But these people are doing it. Yeah. But at least uh, they're countering each other all the time. And I think that the catch is basically – or the, the key messaging for this is make sure your stuff's up to date. Yeah. So there's no point in downloading the latest antivirus, paying for it. You've got a year subscription and then not updating your database. Exactly. What, what's the point? Yeah. You know, new stuff comes out what hourly, if not by minute. <laughs> if you're not protecting yourself by uploading the latest updates, you're still vulnerable. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how many computers are still out there, still running old Windows versions, and are still not um, are still not being updated. And that's kind of I don't know. It's a simple way of saying just update. Mm. Um, I think people are worried about their bandwidth, but there's certain things you've got to sacrifice. Yeah. So. Stop your porn for 10 minutes, upload, I'm sure you're updated, <laughs> and then carry on. That's the way I would say it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fine. So final tips, um, before we, before we wrap up, what would you, what, what would you say? Get your antivirus software. That's yep. the way, I, that's the kind of, get, get <laughs> the a good message. security solution, preferably ESET, obviously. Um, make sure your Android device is protected, um, both mm. from a malware perspective and, um, this, for example, product called ESET parental control, you can, to protect your kids while they're using your, their phones. Um, because Android is obviously a big area of focus sure. for, for criminals. Mm-hmm. Um, and just be very, very careful. Be vigilant. And if you do miss something, then 
your AV solution, if it's a good one, will <laughs> protect you. If it's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Exactly. Nobody's going to rent out the house in Clifton for December, Christmas period for a thousand rand. <laughs> Nobody's going to, don't pay somebody 400 rand to drive to you so you can see if you want to buy their car. Okay. There's lots of that stuff to go. Yeah, I mean, who pays someone petrol to? <laughs> You'll be surprised. And those scams going out all the time. If you want to sell me a car, you can drive to me. I'm not paying for your petrol. That, 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 that kind of idea. But you know, people get desperate. And yeah. they go, it's a great prize. Don't want to lose it. And they put the pressure on, but they say, no, you know, you're the third person to find. Mm. You know, I'm not sure about the other two, but I tra- you sound like a trusting person. So you're under pressure and you yeah. want to, you want to, you want to do it. And people do weird things under pressure, which is why the technology comes in to, to protect you. Mm. So when they go, this is the final warning. I'm telling you, I'm disconnecting your credit card. <laughs> uh, you know, now you're in the middle of a meeting. You've got 10 minutes to do this in. You want to make sure that you don't, that you don't fall prey to that. Um, yeah, so basically get it and just use your common sense. The problem with common sense is not so common, but that's <laughs> that's, that's another discussion. Uh, Brandon, thank you very much. That was um, Regional Channel Sales Manager at Asset. Um, Brandon, oh. um, you can get a hold of their company at Asset underscore SA. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, and the website? www.eset.co.today. Okay, so it's not Asset, it's Eset. Whoops, note to self. Right. <laughs> okay, and then Daryl, thank you for popping in and then keeping us um, entertained Thanks as always. Thanks for having me. Um, Daryl, dodgydaryl.com. I'm telling you, you've got to go get that domain. <laughs> double D.com. Uh, there we go. Double D.com. Now, I'm telling you, that's taken. Okay, Hugh Hefner's taken care of all I the double Ds. So just go south. That's how it always works here. Yeah. All right, so that was another episode of Talking Tech on CliffCentral.com. Uh, my name is Liron Segev. Get a hold of me at Liron underscore S E G E V or thetechieguy.com. And Talking Tech is sponsored by MTN Business. What do we need just about more than anything in today's digital world? It's protecting our data. Well, we just spoke about protecting our data. Well, MTN Business has the solution. Some of you can look after your bottom line, grow your top line, and safeguard your data. That's MTN Business Cloud. MTN Business Cloud has been created to build African businesses and is powered by the world's leading cloud solutions from Microsoft. Big and small businesses can benefit from this true hybrid cloud solution, leveraging MTN's global network. For more information, email sales at mtnbusiness.ca.za. Or visit mtnbusiness.co.za. Sales, mtnbusiness.co.za. We go to the website, mtnbusiness.co.za. Welcome to the new world of business. I've just landed a big Pan-African contract, but setting up new ICT infrastructure isn't as easy as it is in South Africa. How can I give my other offices the same capabilities? You need MTN Business Cloud, powered by Microsoft Technology. Our hybrid cloud solution offers on-demand computing resources, reduced infrastructure costs, and service across our global MPLS network covering 23 countries. Isn't it time you found out about the cloud solution built to build African businesses? Welcome to the new world of business. This is cliffcentral.com.